Well, hi, you guys. Uh, welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Um, we are really happy to have you with us tonight. We've got a great show for you coming up. Um, what I've got is we have a little technical issue. Um, so you're going to bear with us because the topic is worth hearing. Um, and again, I'm sorry that we're late, but this is just kind of what happens. Let me see what that is all about. Um, save changes. Okay, we should be good. Are you good? Yeah, we're having some trouble on that end. Okay, well, we got it going. Um, so tonight, our sponsors are Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. And uh, Dr. Ratlin and his crew are now doing um, dentures as well as crowns and everything else that a normal dentist does. Um, our other sponsor, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center, and Matt has a Valentine's special going on that he'll be here in a little bit to talk about. And then we have Bill London for you tonight. Uh, so Bill London will be here to tell you all the great stuff going on around the world. And most of it is Oregon. Um, so Travis, no, you just came up on my phone and you are not late. Uh, we are late. So you are perfect timing. We were just waiting for you, actually. That's how it all works. So last night we had a group on called PDX.Real, and this is a group of folks who are fighting to try to get people involved in the process of getting Portland back to where it used to be. Um, the gentlemen that are coming on now to talk with us are doing this from a different angle. So I've got Greg Schumacher here, and his microphone's not working on his camera, so we're going to use the phone and see how that works. And then uh, this face is familiar, Mark Thielman. Uh, ran for governor or as a, on the Republican ticket, whereas, well, at least in the primary, uh, but Oregonians weren't smart enough to pick somebody other than Tina Kotek. <laughs> I can say that. Uh, Mark, welcome. You're driving from uh, Oregon into Napa. Your, your microphone just went off. Is that where you are? Yep, we're heading in. Sorry, the, the background noise will go away very shortly. We're almost there, but uh, working for a living. It's, it's not that bad. So, Greg, tell, tell folks who you are, Greg. Sure. So, uh, thanks for having us on the show, too. So, my name is Greg Schumacher, and many of you might know of Schumacher Furs USA, which is uh, one of the oldest companies in downtown Portland, and we're the company that got uh, terrorized and protested uh, by extremist groups back here in 2005 through 2007. Uh, which is quite newsworthy, and many of you might have followed that. Um, and uh, what I'm doing right now is I have started a company that I've been working on ever since the riots began in Portland and the state of Oregon, and also throughout the United States. About two years ago, I started a company that's called Restore Law and Order. Uh, the website is restorelawandorder.com. And Restore Law and Order... Uh, is basically, I feel, after the experience that I went through with Schumacher's, and I'll talk about that just a little bit. Um, so our company, we're obviously in the fur and leather business, and we were international. Uh, we were selling furs and leather coats to department stores all throughout the U.S., from Neiman Marcus to Nordstrom, Saxon Avenue, etc. Uh, in year 2005, we started getting attacked by extremist groups, and uh, for selling for, and also just anarchists. Uh, they're basically protest, protesters and terrorists. And um, the problem that we had is that this 
as illegal acts were happening, which we gathered over 520 hours of just illegal acts on audio and video, um, as these acts were occurring, we constantly reached out to law enforcement and the government officials, and they would do nothing, like zip, zero, for two years. We're talking about uh, Mayor Potter back then. We're talking about the city council. We're talking about the DA. Uh, we even went uh, to the governor, and we actually went to President Bush at that time. We were talking, what, 17 years ago. Um, we could not get anyone to enforce the law. The end result of this was uh, in year 2007, we closed our business because, not because of lack of business, meaning retail activity, et cetera, but we no longer could get insurance because the ter terrorist uh, organizations attacked us to the point where no insurance company would insure us any place in the world. So, no Greg, Greg, so Greg, this was before, so Greg, this was before, I mean, this is years ago. We're talking year 2005 through 2007. So for two years, the whole point, the reason I'm telling you this story is because what happened to Schumacher, okay, for two years is exactly what's happened now in Portland and the state of Oregon and throughout other areas in the United States. And I was one of the first people, or probably one of the only people to experience this. And they targeted my store. Now they targeted all the businesses in Portland and the metro area. Um, the problem that we have is that no one is doing anything about it, okay? I mean, our total government, uh, all the way from, uh, from Wheeler to Cape Brown to city councilman to the DA are, in my opinion, totally corrupt. And I'm a pretty good evaluator of this because I lived and breathed this throughout a two-year period of time. I actually went and sued the city of Portland, and I sued extremist groups and terrorists back in 07. So... When the riot started about two years ago, or a little over two years ago in Portland, I started, I had investigators, and we started tracking all the incidences, illegal acts that were going on, which were probably the only ones in the world that have this evidence. So we have thousands and thousands of incidences where there were crimes going on, uh, and the law enforcement did not respond to the crime. So what happened as a result of this the violence, the riots, illegal protests, and the homelessness, those four categories. What happened because of this, uh, we, it caused a total disruption and economic damage to businesses, citizens, and organizations uh, in Portland and throughout Oregon and elsewhere across America. So knowing what I went through, I saw a carbon copy of what I went through coming up in Portland. So we invested, we, we tracked all these, all the audio video of, of all this evidence, which is thousands of incidences. And what we're doing now is I put a legal team together, uh, civil rights and constitutional attorneys, uh, probably the best you can get. I went all the way back to Washington, DC, uh, about a year and a half ago, talked to some extremely influential attorneys They told me to hire attorneys in Oregon, which I have. Um, it's taken a long time to get the legal team together. And what we're doing, uh, generally speaking, is we are suing the city of Portland, we're suing the state of Oregon, and we're suing individual government officials personally. Okay, now we're doing this under the U.S. constitutional law. Okay, so the problem with Portland and Oregon is no one's coming up with a solution because they're trying to negotiate this out with government officials that don't care and also are uh, basically giving lip service and saying they're going to do something about it, which, of course, they haven't. Of course, we can prove that because they haven't done it. 
so, two and a half years. So, Mark, how are you involved with this? Well, what, uh, as you know, I started Battleground Oregon after the election, and, uh, you know, I just never quit. I didn't know. I guess when you lose an election, you're supposed to, like, go away and hide that memo. So I started with the school choice stuff. Um, I had my platform. You know, I, I had over 30,000 votes, so I had a lot of support. And I just rolled that right into election integrity work and uh, started Battleground Oregon. Dot org and uh, it was designed to be a coordinating hub and my forte is court of public opinion that's where I thrive and this is how Greg and I connected because I I worked with uh, some attorneys myself uh, a mutual attorney that Greg talked to Stephen Jonkus uh, Steve represents battleground in the in the election integrity lawsuit so so you know how the network works you know through the web we we ended up uh, con you know conversing with each other. Yeah. And, and Greg said, hey, how are you doing this? How is it that you're getting all this notoriety and, and media attention? And I said, well, I created, it's a coordinating entity. So every lawsuit in Oregon, every single election integrity lawsuit is uh, uh, the information runs through battle. So I organized conservatives. And that's what Greg and I are doing. Um, I, I decided to, to help him and assist him. And I said, we have to not only do you have to go out and tell your story because it's an amazing story. I mean, it's, it's a hundred year plus year business. Right. Uh, with the assistance of the government, because, you know, I guess uh, wearing furs are bad as bad. You know, I mean, I have leather boots on. Right. Well, that's the hypocrisy of the whole thing is uh, the same people that don't want you wearing furs are more than happy to wear leather bags, uh, carry leather purses. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's, but you know what, in Montana, Greg, you do really well. Cause there are fur coats here. <laughs> now there's a, there's a, there's a rumor that a tiny spy balloon might be. You know, real briefly, the animal rights, oh, the animal rights movement is about uh, the uh, group of people trying to eliminate animal usage uh, regarding food. So no more, no more steak, hamburgers, hot dogs, no more barbecues. No more clothing, that's second category. No more wool, fur, leather, et cetera, silk. Uh, number three is entertainment. No more rodeos. No more horse racing. Uh, circuses, they've already put the circuses out. They're putting the horse racing in. So, so, Greg, uh, this... The fourth category, which is hugely important, is animal research to cure diseases for animals and humans. Okay? So every time you take your dog to the vet, remember, if they're taking a prescription drug, it was probably tested on animals in development. Okay? So, but moving away from that, the, the lawsuits are about four things. And that's about, uh, uh, it's about, you know, violence, riots, uh, and it's about illegal protests and homelessness. It is not about COVID. It has nothing to do with COVID. And what we're doing is we are... Uh, we are working to get economic, the economic damage that was caused to businesses, meaning the economic damage in a couple categories was first one would be devaluation of property values. In other words, if you own property in Portland or Oregon or where this activity was going on, I can pretty much guarantee you that your property is not worth now what it was prior to the riots three years ago, four years ago. Um, the second category is gross revenues of a business, whether you're a mom and pop shop or a large organization, you suffered economic damage through uh, lost revenues, which equates to loss of net profits or reduced net profits. Um, the other category is physical damage to the building where insurance didn't cover. And then the fourth category 
is where there's no more tourism in Portland because nobody wants to come here. Right. There's no more conventions. The hotels, the restaurants, and everyone else is suffering. Um, so the lack of tourism in the future. And all this damage could have been avoided, okay, if the government officials enforced the laws at the very beginning when all this illegal activity was going on. And even today, which is not in the news very much, but we track this every day. There's crime going on all over Portland yeah. every day. Nothing has changed. So, and I feel that this is the only solution to it. I feel that we have to change the government officials. And I feel that if we can retrieve economic damage for businesses, and of course, the other big one is, um, is uh, we're going to make this a national public discussion, okay? Which means we're going to market the, all the information we have about the government officials. We're going to market it nationally. And basically, that's going to set a precedence for any government officials in the future that want to carry on lawlessness to even run for office, okay? Because the same, the results of what's going to happen to these government officials will be the same results that will happen to them if they carry on this unconstitutional behavior. So there's two aspects of this. Economic damage is a set of presidents to finally change, get people in government that are going to enforce the law protect people's rights and businesses' rights, okay? I mean, this is absolutely shameful that's been going on in Portland. This is absolutely a joke, okay? I mean, okay. It's a joke of the world, Portland. Right. Okay? Oh. I talk I don't. international business, and it's unbelievable what the government has done. Now, it's not Antifa. It's not Black Lives Matter. Of course, they're part of the problem. The main problem is government officials not enforcing the law. Okay. So, so Mark, tell me, what, how likely is this to happen? Because I think people hear it, and you, especially people who are supportive of what Greg and you are doing. Um, but I mean, look what we see. We never see anything change. And I think people are, you know, they're probably, oh, another lawsuit. And so how, how, does, this, how does this work? Well, this is, uh, this is a little bit of why I'm working with Greg and, and part of restoring law and order. So what I showed with election integrity work is that you can beat the government in its own game. You know, and uh, that's what I did. I, I, I wrote a very good case, but it was very general and very few details. And then the government came back and gave me all of their arguments as to why the current system's so great. And I said, thank you for all that. Now I'm going to amend the case and give you the actual details. And thank you for showing me all of your arguments prior to trial. And um, a lot of people paid attention to that. It's been burning through the news um, this last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, people can read that case at battlegroundoregon.org. You can, you can read the whole election integrity case. There's a lot of juicy details. And we're going to apply the same strategy with business, uh, bus in terms of businesses in Portland, Eugene, and, and um, uh, other areas of the state. So what, what I was telling Greg is uh, that, you know, people who are extremely wealthy or they have large construction companies or their contractors, they might be uh, working under state contracts. And this is what we ran in because we've talked to all kinds of, of businesses and business owners, uh, uh, business board members. I mean, you name it, we have talked to them and they everyone loves what we're doing, but they're like, well, I, I can't be a plaintiff because I'll lose my my state contracts or they'll they'll start uh, auditing my business and because that's what this government does. So right. Right. What, no, I know. Yeah. So what what we what I did is I met with Greg and the, the legal team and I said, well, actually, there's you want to take both paths. So um, we created the LLC. Greg did. And uh, if you're a uh, LLC corp, you know, uh, limited liability corp, people can give to the LLC directly. And it's not 
uh, we're not required to um, uh, release that or their donation, so to speak. It's truly anonymous. Uh, so you could stay anonymous. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anonymity is very important in this whole thing, excuse me, Mark, because people care about what their friends think and also business associates. So we set this up that if you want to get involved, no one's going to know about it. And I think if you get as far as donation, um, so you would donate to RestoreLawAndOrder.com. All the information is there. The other place, the other thing you can do is become a plaintiff, which is the main point of this whole thing. And this is a multi-plaintiff lawsuit. It's like a class action lawsuit. So we're going right. many, many businesses and citizens that had economic damage involved in this. Okay, and, uh, and all this information again is at RestoreLawAndOrder.com. And um, the plaintiffs, I even think, are going to probably be anonymous. I can't say that for sure. But because of the nature of the case, I think a judge would probably make it so they are anonymous, simply from safety and protection. Um, but it's not something we're going to announce if you become a plaintiff, okay? We're going to keep this a secret. But you're going to be joining hundreds of other businesses, okay? They're going to become plaintiffs. So this is um, so you're looking for anybody, like, who was in the state of Oregon, actually, who can – can show that um, that lack of action or the actions of government officials, like anybody that was in charge at that time, um, right. negatively affected. I mean, honestly, I could do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is yeah. really all of us were impacted by this, and the PPP that was like shit, shit, shit. That didn't do anything. Um, that doesn't restore. Your business. I heard, I heard a blog about this. Somebody was talking about it. It's like, that was nothing. It was a Band-Aid. So all of us were impacted. So the more people you can get on board, the more power it has before a court. Right. Well, I'll and jump in. The other Hang on, Greg, just a sec. Uh, so just, just so everyone understands that um, there's also a political action committee uh, associated with the LLC. So people can give uh, politically because... We had people on the other side of the spectrum saying, oh, I want people to know I'm donating to this cause. And so right. so what's, right. what's beautiful is we've got it covered on both ends. Small, large, medium donors can give in whatever fashion they want. But um, and the, the best part about this is, is that we're suing the individual government officials personally. That is where the rubber meets the road. That's what had never been done. And so what I was telling Greg is, look, once, once we file suit, you have to have a public court of public opinion, which is exactly what we're doing right here on your awesome show, Rick. We're starting to spread the word saying, hey, everybody, we're coming. And we're not just going to file a lawsuit and let it work out quietly in the courts. That's the biggest mistake that that a lot of conservatives and or business owners. It's not really a left or right thing. It's really. No, this is this is an Oregon thing. Oregon thing. I mean, well, as, as Greg points out, this has been going on for eons and yeah. we just most of us just noticed it with the last couple of years the dark years um <laughs> that's what i call them so the dark years is when we noticed it but people like greg have been experiencing this for a long time so the key was so i want people to understand this and you guys correct me if i'm wrong but the key here is by going after each individual that's going to scare the crap out of them because if you win that comes out of them. They're not covered by the state of Oregon or any government that, that right, right now, if you just sue the, the government, you're not going to get anything. But if you go after each individual person, plus, as Greg was saying earlier, it puts the word out. If you mess with people, um, you personally, because right now they all feel like they're safe because yep. they're covered. 
If you, if you personally sue them, then they have to, they realize I'm accountable for my actions. And when I make these decisions, I could be in court. And, and right now, you know, what they've been doing is they've been doing whatever they want to do. I mean, again, you have to go back 17 years ago. I experienced the same thing Portland experienced the last two years, 17 years ago for two years, just on my company. Right. Okay. And, you know, you have to look at also the, the strategy that our lawyers are using, which there is court presidents in suing government officials. We're not the first people suing government officials personally. There's under Title 42, Section 1983 of the U.S. Constitution. So what we're doing, this is has nothing to do with whether you're liberal, conservative, black, white, Jewish, uh, Catholic. It has nothing to do with that. It has only to do with the Constitution, U.S. Constitution and the state Constitution, and laws being violated by the government officials in the city of Portland and the state of Oregon. And if we win, just so you know, this economic damage that's going to come back from the businesses is not going to be taken from the taxpayer. It's going to be the insurance companies of the city that's going to be paying this. So if you're thinking, well, if these guys win, it's going to come out of my taxes, that's not true. It won't. Um, so okay. I just wanted to mention that. Okay. And Danny, I see your comment on here. We have someone commenting. Uh, Greg can't turn up his game because we're doing this through the phone. So we're uh, it's not working on his phone co correctly. As you can see, the mic's off. So I am literally holding the phone and a phone call up here. So we're getting this out as best we can. This is, this is what you call winging it um, in a prayer. Um, Mark, final comment on how people can get involved and how, what they can do. Well, they can go to restorelawandorder.com and, and check out the website. Uh, donating is, is, is appreciated. Uh, if you want to be a plaintiff, you can uh, email. There's an info at email there and uh, tell us your story. And because uh, we're collecting stories right now and, and we're looking forward to uh, putting them all together and, and getting ready to file suit. We, we do need plaintiffs. Uh, if you lost your business and you don't have a pot to pee in, don't worry. That's why we're raising money. So the goal is that Restore Law and Order will, will subsidize the lawsuit for business owners who don't have the means to take on big government. And uh, that's the plan. And then Remember, uh, there's a political action committee connected to the organization, and that's political speech. So these government officials not only will be sued, but guys like me will be out in the media making sure everybody knows what's gone on and what's being done and, and, and how the case is going. And, and that makes life very uncomfortable for elected officials like Ted Wheeler and Mike Schmidt down in Portland. All right. Gentlemen, Greg, I'm sorry the technology didn't quite work on your end because it would have been nice to have your voice real loud and clear. But I think people are getting the idea of what's going on here as well. Um, okay. And Mark, thank you for being here and joining us. It's nice to see you doing well. And uh, yeah, the, yeah. After, the after campaign thing is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Thank you very much. Uh, see ya. All right, you guys. So there you go. Um, there are people doing things out there about this. So, you know, I hear I hear all the time people saying you know, nobody's doing anything. Nobody's doing anything, but they are doing stuff. And uh, we're also having technical issues on my uh, website. It's not going on the website, but I'll get that posted on there tomorrow so you can see it. Um, I got a couple of things to bring up to you. I'm, I'm just going to go right back to the news here. Bill London is going to join us now. 
with news. And unfortunately, you're going to just be cringing because this, this first story is the good old Eugene City Council, and they don't understand that we're in an energy crisis. So, hey, why not ban natural gas? Bill, tell us all about that very sad and out-of-touch story. Video 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, W Studios. I'm Bill London. This look at the news is brought to you by none other than Chris Dental and Dr. Michael Bratland, my dentist. Is he any good? Well, I still have all my teeth, so thumbs up, Dr. Bratland. All right. Our first story, uh, and I'm going to do this one kind of off the cuff. Many of you who live here in this part of the area where I'm at, know that on Monday night, the Eugene City Council voted to ban new natural gas infrastructure in the city of Eugene for what they call low-rise residential construction. That would be like, say, apartment complexes, three stories and under, biplexes, quadruplexes, multiplexes, single-dwelling units, and so on. And this is something that actually is starting to be a thing across the nation, banning natural gas because, well, if we're using natural gas to heat our water and heat our homes cheaper, well, it's going to melt the polar ice caps. And before you know it, you're going to have polar bears wandering around in Arizona eating children. So it was now made official, codified by ordinance that, in 30 days, you won't be able to build any new residential structures in Eugene under three stories that can be plumbed for natural gas. And this is something that's going on around the nation. Seattle's considering it. Uh, about 100 other cities have either considered it around the United States or are considering. But I bring up Eugene for an interesting reason. And that is, going back 10 years ago, the Eugene City Council literally tore down their old city hall. And to this day, they have not moved into a new permanent city hall. And there's a reason why the old city hall was torn down. They were heating that building with steam. And the steam was being made with natural gas. And it was being provided by a local utility. Well, that utility stopped offering that particular service. So they didn't have steam heat provided by natural gas. And the reason they decided to tear down the city hall, because it was too expensive to retrofit with electric heat and to essentially pay for it. Just thought you'd like to know. Well, this is a fun little scandal in Oregon. Apparently a thirst for rare bottles of bourbon uh, could cost the interim executive director and other top official of, officials of Oregon's liquor and marijuana regulating agency their jobs. Now, in Oregon, the OLCC decides what boozes will be in liquor stores throughout the state. Well, an internal investigation by the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission concluded that the executive director, Steve Marks, and five other top agency officials were actually diverting rare and sought-after bourbons, including Pappy Van Winkle's 23-year-old whiskey, for their own personal use and the use of yet unnamed 
members of the Oregon legislature. Now, even though the legislators were paying for the whiskey, of course, they were paying wholesale for it, for this whiskey that can, if you go out and try to get it on the market, cost you thousands of dollars a bottle, which they were paying a couple of hundred bucks for. Uh, and they were using essentially their knowledge of when this rare booze was going to be coming in and their connections to obtain them and consequently deprive members of the public of the spendy booze. As a matter of fact, in one of the cases, a member of the Oregon Liquor Control Commission got a bottle of this 23-year-old Pappy Van Winkle whiskey that he gave to his daughter so his daughter could give it to her boss. And the problem with that <laughs> is that it uh, violates Oregon statutes, including one that prohibits public officials from using confidential information for personal gain. Now, Oregon Governor Tina Kotek, for her part, is, well, wanting their heads and wants them fired. And she's asking for the agency, the Board of Commissioners for the OLCC, to do just exactly that. Entertainingly, in responses to questions from the investigator, uh, Marks, Director Steve Marks, denied that he had violated Oregon ethics laws and state policy, but acknowledged he had received preferential treatment in obtaining the whiskey as a commission employee. No, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I did, but I really didn't. It's the Oregon way. Now, Governor Kotek is asking the Attorney General to conduct an investigation into the extent of wrongdoing. Kind of fun. And it's nice to know that our legislators are just using their, you know, buddies over at the OLCC that they happen to oversee and that they happen to budget to make sure that they get themselves a nice bottle of whiskey. So while you're drinking whiskey out of a plastic bottle, our legislators and, of course, our state leaders and those running state agencies are enjoying time in their dock hours and enjoying a $200 glass of whiskey. So the ballot fight or the fight over ballot measure 114, which would force the most draconian gun laws in the nation on Oregon citizens is just getting started in the courts. Now, today, the Oregon Supreme Court announced that they are denying the state attorney general's petition to reverse a Harney County judge's order that so far has blocked gun control measure 114 from taking effect. The Supreme Court declined to intervene and said this has no bearing on the parties, their respective positions or the merits of the matter, and it does not prevent future challenges. But, of course, that's in a state court. In federal court, you've got kind of a different thing that is going on. Now, in ballot measure 14, one of the things is that part of the measure actually enlisted the FBI to conduct federal background checks so people could acquire a permit to purchase a gun and then go through another background check to get the gun. Well, what's interesting, the Oregon State Police submitted written documents in one of the federal lawsuits that's pending challenging the measure. And the document states, and I'm going to quote it directly, 
The FBI will not perform fingerprint-based background checks for permit applicants based on their determination that ballot measure 114 does not meet the requirements of public law 92-544. So that law passed in 1972, and it empowers the FBI to make their own determinations regarding background checks for non-criminal matters, the standards of which are, among other things, the authorization must exist as the result of legislative enactment or a functional equivalent. In other words, you don't get to do that. You don't get to pass a particular measure, a petition measure, and that just tells us, the FBI, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to be doing the background checks. It would be something that would have to be done in Congress. And it makes you wonder, the people that wrote that bill, did they even consult an attorney about anything in that particular measure. By the way, there's still now five pending federal court cases in regards to ballot measure 114. Well, this is good news if you have a small business. The House Committee on Revenue in Oregon is hearing House Bill 2433 on the corporate activities tax. And as it's currently written, it would raise the exemption bottom limit from $1 million to $5 million. Now, the CAT tax, which is a corporate activities tax, has been pretty injurious to businesses as it taxes revenue, not profit, which means it taxes businesses even when they're not making actual profits, like in a recession or when the governor decides to shut down the entire economy because of a, well, coronavirus, if you get my drift. So it was designed so that politicians could still get their tax revenue to spend it wherever they want to, even when times are at their worst and businesses are folding. House Bill 2433 would exempt more small businesses near the bottom threshold. Oregon lawmakers are also weighing a bill to officially repeal the residency requirement for patients to seek physician-assisted suicide in Oregon, opening the door to suicide tourism. House Bill 2279, which was requested by now former Democratic Governor Kate Brown, and it was an ask by Brown, the result of a settlement that she made claiming the residency requirement violated the Constitution's guarantee of equal treatment. As part of that settlement that the governor made, state agencies agreed they just wouldn't enforce the residency requirement in the Death with Dignity Act. Well, the bill would codify that particular change. So yeah, suicide tourism. Oregon, it's a great place to die. And finally, and this is another story that I really like, and I'm going to do this one off the cuff. It was announced on Monday that an appeals court judge has given the go-ahead for a new lithium mine in Nevada. Now, this is considered to be the largest deposit of lithium in the entire United States, and it's a little south of the Oregon border. And this has been burbling in the courts for a while. There is a company that wants to mine, said lithium, and those lithium mines and mining it 
were, of course, being fought by environmentalist groups saying, no, you can't mine that. That'll be bad for the environment. Now, those environmental groups and environmentalists are the same ones that want you to drive an electric vehicle. An electric vehicle that stores electricity in lithium batteries. batteries. Just thought you'd like to know. Again, this look at the news brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland and Chris Dental. Go in there. Let him do stuff to your mouth. All right. Get real, Rick. Thanks, Bill. I love Bill because he's not afraid. And, and that's the stuff, the hypocrisy of some of this stuff. It's like they don't want to mine coal, uh, but they don't realize that coal makes the electricity for a good portion of the country and the world, actually. Um, they don't want people mining, but mining is what gives them palladium um, and lithium and all these things. So it's like, I think we have a generation of environmental community people who are not doing their education. They're not getting educated on where this shit comes from. And so then they go out and it would be really funny if we just let them, I would never want this, but just let them go uh, because what they didn't end up doing is screwing themselves. Um, but and, and the problem is they own the message, but that's about to change because we're going to open our mouths even more. Um, so Valentine's Day, just around the corner. Matt McCarl, one of our sponsors with New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. He and I chatted a little bit uh, the other day about what his Valentine's special is coming up. And gentlemen and women, you can do this for your husbands too or your partner, whatever your choice is. Um, you know, you can do this. But uh, check this out. Matt has some great stuff available here. Hey, Matt McCarl from New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Rick? I'm good. So Valentine's Day is coming up. And, you know, all of us men are I'm going to be very sexist here. We're going to go out, try to do the flowers, <laughs> try to do the chocolate. When everything I'm hearing is experiential, people want experiences. They want something they can remember. And what you do kind of provides that. Absolutely. Not only that, but you're, <clears throat> if you are getting something from us for Valentine's Day, it's not just an experience, it's bettering your health. So what's the best pack or gift you could get somebody and helping them with their health so that you guys can be together longer and happier? I know, you know, you think about um, the last few years and health really has risen to the top of, you know, somebody wrote, you know, health is your wealth. And it, it really is more valuable than money. And if we don't take care of ourselves with hyperbarics, oxygen, light therapy, um, massage, all those things that get our body in tune, uh, mm -hmm. we're really doing ourselves a disfavor. Right. Absolutely. So what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day then over there at the, I, I, I was going to get, get, get air for Valentine's Day, but that doesn't sound real <laughs> sexy, does it? Well, we're doing this really cool thing, similar to what we did last year. We're calling it our uh, Valentine's Day BOGO. So for hyperbarics, you can buy one hyperbarics and get your second one at 40% off. Uh, a massage, same, buy one, get one at 40% off. Or if you would like to experience the magic power bed, which is that light bed that we have, you can buy two of those and get a third one for free, which is wow. pretty awesome. So if you guys want to work on that deal and get in on that, you just call Matt over at New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center um, or just go online. Just put in New Leaf Hyperbarics in Eugene and it'll pop up and you can find out all you need to know. 
Our other sponsor is Chris Daniel Family Dentistry. And the other day I sat down and talked with um, one of the hygienists over there. She's really smart. And I learned something really cool. About, I mean, I know this sounds kind of funny, but I've been brushing my teeth the wrong way. And I've had a whole different attitude and I'm doing a much better job thanks to this. And joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. What are the three top issues you see um, that people could, that we could easily stop doing um, that would help with our dental hygiene? Most of the time we brush too quickly. So I would say not brushing long enough, but brushing too fast is probably the number one issue I see because when we brush too fast, we don't really have enough time. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well. I, I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditative thing. You know, we should really be slowing down, taking our time, starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side. And stay tuned. We will have two and three um, later. And as the months goes on, when I get time to put them together, uh, that's our show tonight. Sorry, it was a little rocky. Uh, sometimes that's how things happen. Uh, you can't always have perfect technology. Um, <laughs> I'm just glad it got on. <laughs> and you guys, another thing is tell your friends if they are like fans of our show uh, that we're, you know, for the next few weeks, we're going to be here on LinkedIn, on um, YouTube, on Twitter, and on my website, rickdancer.com. Uh, because, and it will, it will be shared on Facebook, but Facebook's being kind of dipshits. And so we uh, got punished for our, uh, a, a meme. And so we are waiting till after March 5th to be able to broadcast live over there again, but it's a good thing. We're learning things about how we can do it without them. <laughs> they may be sorry, but take all you with me. All right. Have, um, this is my Friday. So have a good weekend. We'll, uh, Kathy and I are going up to the uh, ride to the sky. It's a, a training for the Iditarod. It's a qualifier for the Iditarod race. So it's dog mushing and I'll be taking some video and there's no signal up there where it's happening, but I'll be taking some video, bringing it back and showing you stuff on Monday. So uh, be sure to tune in next week too. We got a full lineup of shows, um, controversy, good stuff, interesting people, everything that makes life worth living. All right. Share this on your page. Uh, when it gets on Facebook or, uh, you know, with, with here on LinkedIn and all those kind of things, it really helps us. All right. See you later. Thanks for being here. Really.